0: Right. Like I don't have time to do that or it takes too long or it's expensive or it's like bougie, as students would say. And I think <laughs> like self-care doesn't have to be any of those things. It can be short. It can be mindful. It can be free. And these are just things that like everyone can move their body at some capacity, whatever your ability is and your comfort level. Like just find what works for you.
1: to You Need a Counselor podcast. My name is Julie Johnson. I am the president and founder of Heart and Solutions. We're a counseling agency here in Iowa. Uh, we've got locations in Grundy Center, Waterloo, Inkeny, Davenport, Mason City, Ames, uh, and Cedar Rapids, and Marion. So if you're in any of those locations, definitely give us a call. Um, but if you are in Des Moines, definitely give today's guest a call um, for your counseling needs if
0: you are in the Des Moines area. I'm Krista. I am the vice president at Heart and Solutions. I am in charge of our behavioral health department. So I supervise the the department where we go in home and work with kids ages four to 18 on different behavioral skills. We can also see kids in school, in our office or telehealth right now as well. And this is our podcast, You Need a Counselor. So we are designed for people curious about counseling, but have barriers keeping them from experiencing the benefits of counseling. Our mission is to share stories about counseling, good, bad, and Indifferent and spread the message that everyone can benefit from mental health and behavioral health counseling services. Uh, So we
1: post on Sunday nights at 5pm so whatever chore you dislike doing, go ahead and schedule that for Sunday night so that we can uh, be there with you on the podcast. You can listen to the podcast that gives you the entire week to get scheduled with your counselor or to call and get scheduled with a counselor. Um, If you don't have a counselor yet, feel free to message us and we will help get you set up with some. In your area. And if you are in the Des Moines, Iowa area, uh, let us know because we will get you set up with our guest today, Danielle. So, welcome, Danielle. We've got our guest today, Danielle Green, one of Chris and my favorite people uh, in the world. So, thank you so much. Here, Danielle. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I'm going to brag on Danielle a little bit because we, Chris and I, have known Danielle uh, for a while now. Probably about uh, seven, coming up on seven years, six, seven years. Um, and Danielle is a she is a fully licensed LISW, um, and she is a licensed substance abuse counselor. Um, and so Danielle is not only she's the director of the Drake Student Counseling Center out there in Des Moines. Um, she also has a private practice. And so her private practice is called Moonstone Counseling um, and is right there in Des Moines. And so if you are in that area, definitely give Danielle a call. Um, and gosh, we've known Danielle a long time. Danielle was a HISS counselor uh, here at Heart and Solutions a long, long time ago before she was all fancy. Um, the <thing>. So it's just so cool for us to uh, to see you, Danielle, you know, as your career has grown and as you uh, have moved into all of these leadership roles and now into your own practice. Um, it's just very exciting for us because we feel like we've kind of been along with you for the journey as you've gone through your career here.
0: Yes. It's so, I know, I feel like uh, Heart and Solutions and Julie and Krista, you both were so instrumental in my path. And like, I reference back to times when I was there thinking about leadership I gained from both of you. And so it's just so fun. It's like full circle.
1: It is. It is full circle. I love it. Awesome. And so Danielle also specializes in trauma, depression, adjustment disorders, anxiety, grief. Um, She is trained to do EMDR uh, and also to do. Techniques utilizing yoga um, as well in therapy sessions, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, Danielle, tell us about doing yoga in sessions and using mindfulness in sessions. How does that
0: work? I think, um, so I feel like it works. People are at first hesitant. Um, when I went through training for EMDR, they talk so much about how stressful experiences and trauma impact our body. And a lot of times we can do what I call really good work between our like ears, like our brain can be on one page. But if our body and heart and soul are not on the same page, we just miss something. And so yoga and movement in session is a really, really great way, I think, to experience some healing with body to create like experience a connection sometimes when people have experienced trauma well oftentimes they're just disconnected from their body and so trauma sensitive yoga is a really good way to give people body control and body insight and some body acceptance in a way that may be different Um, It also teaches people how to listen to their body like, oh, that pose feels comfortable or that posture. I hate it. And my body doesn't want to sit in it. And so it's a great way of also practicing some mindfulness. And so when I work with students at Draeger in my private practice, I always kind of preface it with I kind of do some things that are maybe unusual, like yoga and breathing and some different visualization that other folks may not use. And I just want you to know because sometimes people feel like it's a little hokey, but it's (laughs) evidence based and it's something that's like instrumental in my practice and like usually folks are really receptive to it. And in fact, I did. I trained faculty and staff today who are new to Drake on Counseling Center resources and working with students of concern. And we did a chair yoga flow. And they all loved it. And they were like, I want this. I want to do it with my classes. I was like, yeah, people think they don't like yoga, but they actually do like it once they try it. (laughs) Yeah
1: absolutely wow so and so you see that sometimes people are a little bit hesitant about yoga because there is this idea i think out there that like therapy is all about just the mind and then your doctor you know and and your physical therapist or about your body but i love that you're bringing in that that body part of of our healing and our wholeness as a person because it is so connected and I think that sometimes um, sometimes people think like well I know all this stuff right like I, I read all the self help like I know all this stuff and so what you're doing is really putting that into practice for real life and saying yeah but let's do these other things to kind of incorporate that into all of you so that your whole being is all on the same page is all uh, on board with the changes that you're trying to make.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yes, and I think sometimes people who have run into challenges with talk therapy find that like through movement, they have some breakthroughs or they have some acceptance with their body that they may not have had before. And so it's also a cool thing when folks are feeling frustrated with therapy is like, well, let's try this. Like, let's just see what happens with this. Let's just be curious and notice. And then like a lot of times it works really well. It's really cool. Yeah
1: awesome yeah it's kind of a a new way to be communicating with ourselves yeah because sometimes when we are communicating with ourselves uh in therapy or like verbally right or trying to put things into uh cognitive context Mm -hmm. um there are blockages there there are barriers there and so being able to communicate with ourselves through movement right um is is just a totally different way and we can kind of uh, communicate some things that maybe we can't put into words, right. And, and communicate with ourselves. I love that. Yeah. So you do seated chair yoga for people. So when people are in your session, they, they, I think there's this idea about yoga, right. That you're doing like (laughs) acrobatics. and (laughs) have to be super flexible. (laughs) Like sending up like a pretzel and stuff, but it sounds like the kind of yoga you do is very accessible for a wide variety of people.
0: Yes, I try. Yes, it absolutely is. And when I went through training um, for it, there was a lot of discussion about verbiage because it needs to be accessible, but also trauma sensitive because if folks have experienced trauma with their body, certain phrases can sometimes be triggering or upsetting or bring back maybe a connection we don't necessarily want. And so when I'm doing it with people, I have like a flow I can do, but we can incorporate new things. Or what's really fun is when You invite the client or the participant to see what their body wants and they start doing these different moves. I'm like, yes, keep doing that. (laughs) So that's it's so cool to be able to do that. And then there are times where maybe I'll do a little bit more broad movements in session, especially more in private practice. I'm actually switching which office I use because I want a little bit more room. Because there's been times when people are maybe really it's really struggling and having a huge emotional like outpour and they're overwhelmed. And it's like, let's just get into child's pose. Let's get into child's pose right now. Let's get regulated again. And then we can keep doing this great work. And so sometimes even just like changing how we sit in session can make a difference. Like I have a client that really likes to sit on the floor with legs crossed. They feel the most safe in that position. And I love it because they were listening to their body and they're like, I feel really uncomfortable and formal when I'm sitting across from you. Can I sit on the floor after we had done some yoga stuff? And I'm like, yeah, like, I think I need to get some pillows for you so you can comfortably sit on the floor. So. I love that because
1: you know, our, our body is not like, like, the actions that we take outside of a counseling session, like, yeah, when we're in a classroom, we're not allowed to sit on the floor. Right? A lot of times it works. Like, we got to sit in the desk chair, we got to be professionals, and we get right? And so there are all of these, like, restrictions on our body's comfort and our body being able to express, like, what our body needs in that moment. And there are all of these, like, external things that limit us and restrict us all day. And so I love that in counseling, in counseling, you can do whatever you need to do, and yes, I yes. love that. So there's that freedom; those those uh those limitations of like, nope, we sit in the chair in here. <laughs> like, yes. All of those be there, right? In counseling. Yes. So, I love that, just that freedom of expression. Even if it is like, I feel more comfortable on the floor. I feel more comfortable standing. You know, mm-hmm. um, some of the greatest trainings. I love when trainers are like, if you need to stretch your legs, stand up, right? Yes. Because yes. that gives that flexibility, that gives that availability for everybody to honor
0: what they need in that yes. moment. Yes. Yeah, and I think I the it. like heart and soul of who we are. We thrive when we have movement. And I think what's hard about like yoga is. It has such a picturesque of like a white woman in like Lululemon, right? Like when we (laughs) think of yoga, that's what we think of. And it's all around on the beach. Yes, yes. And so I think that at the core of it, we as people just need movement. Like before, like when I worked with you all at Heart and Solutions, I worked with kids. My first job as a therapist was working with little kids. And they don't ever sit down. Like I have an almost four-year-old and he is happiest when he has been moving a lot. And then we have some breaks. And so I think it's also a part of like getting really connected with who we are because we are meant to move, but that doesn't mean you have to be this super fit person that is doing CrossFit or doing 90 minute yoga flows on the beach in your expensive clothing. And if you like to do that more power to you, but I think it's more just like taking back about how do we thrive? And I think we thrive when we are just in connection with our body and moving in ways that feel good. It doesn't have to be a way that feels like, scripted or pushed by someone else. is just like, Oh, I need to like move a little bit in my chair. Okay. I'm going to do that. Or I want to walk. I'm going to do that. You know, I think that though, I think that's probably partly why people also enjoy it is because it's like getting in touch with how, like what it means to be human. And they're like, Oh, I actually do feel good when I'm moving versus when I'm just sitting as a couch potato all day or like working remotely in an uncomfortable chair all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, I love that because I think yoga is something that we tend to either identify in with, or if we don't identify with it, it's very easy for us to, when we see those those images that kind of we associate with yoga, to be like, oh, well, that's not me. That's important. Oh, and so I love what you're doing because you're opening it up to say, like, no, every human needs to move every human does and every human's body knows exactly what movements serve it and what movements feel good and what movements are going to be you know feel healthy and and yes. beats yes. make us feel strong um and so being able to bring that out and say no you don't have to be that like yoga person on a poster right yeah. in order to still benefit from yoga so i love it. now would you be willing danielle to walk us Through a seated yoga exercise, we're on video for if you're watching on YouTube, so we'll we'll demonstrate. Chris and I will do it along. Um, but Danielle, if you could describe too for anybody listening on Spotify, yep, that would be be awesome. We love Mm -hmm. (laughs) it.
0: I'm gonna grab and I can share it with you all because I have it as a diagram, but. What I typically do when I do a flow is I give this to the client or the folks I'm working with. And I'll say like, "Here, sure, you can have this in front of you while we do it. So you know what's coming up. And if you don't like it, you don't have to do it or you can pass. And that has been so fun. Like I did that yesterday with a bunch of student leaders. And there's this one, like when we're doing torso movements, everyone was laughing and enjoying their bodies and enjoying each other. And so I would love to do this with you guys. Cool. Okay. So to begin with, we just are going to sit tall in our chair or wherever you're sitting and we're going to put our hands on our hips. And then throughout this flow, I'm going to invite you to do anything that feels comfortable for your body. If at any point you don't like what we're doing or it feels uncomfortable, you can stop and do what feels best for you. There's no pressure. So we're going to start with doing an upward hand stretch. So you're going to raise both hands above your head and you're going to interlace your fingers And you can place your fingers or palms facing up or palms facing down and you can straighten your arms if that feels good or you can leave your arms (laughs) bent and just experiment what feels good. If I straighten my arms, does that feel comfortable? If I face my palms to the ceiling, how does that feel? Do I need to wiggle a little bit? Do I need to go side to side? And just notice how that feels. Just paying attention to what your body wants. Another component of this is making sure you breathe. So making sure you're taking inhales and exhales at your own pace. Then we're gonna return our hands to our thighs or upper body, and we're gonna do a neck stretch. So I want you to let your ear fall to the shoulder it's closest to. So I'm letting my right ear lean over to my right shoulder. And you can put your opposite hand, like the right hand on your head for a deeper stretch you can look up at the sky you can look down and just notice if that changes the stretch at all and what feels most comfortable remembering to breathe my neck there is, is loud when i do it Hearing <laughs> <Very laughs> crunching i know guys notice all those sounds and like go ahead and switch sides and so drop that other ear to the other shoulder. And again, notice what this side needs. Does this side want it, your opposite hand on your head to give a little bit more pressure? Or does it like to just let itself stretch on its own? You can look up at the sky again. You can look down. Does feel good. It does. Just taking a breath. And then if you want, we're gonna to transition to some neck rolls. And so to do this, you can do a couple different shapes. You can do a C shape. So you can go like shoulder to shoulder and you could do that by bringing your chin up to the sky or you can do that by going shoulder to chest to sho- shoulder. So just notice what feels best for your body. I've noticed that like letting my head dip a little bit more helps, especially so much more like visual stuff is online now. So I feel like I'm developing a little bit of a hunchback at the end of the day. (laughs) So letting myself like open up and sit tall feels really nice. And then if you're doing a circle, go ahead and bring your head back to the center. And then we're gonna do some shoulder rolls. So you can put your hands on your shoulder or you can leave them on your body, whichever one. And you're gonna bring your shoulders up to your ears like they're earrings. And then you're gonna roll back away and down and you're gonna make circles. So just imagine that your shoulders are making circles and you can go either direction. I'm going forward to back, but you could also start going back to forward. Whatever feels most comfortable for you. You can even get real wild and do like alternating holds if you want, like you're, you're doing some, like a backstroke. <laughs> I laugh. My, I have a big, big window in my office and someone walks by and was just laughing at me. I was like, Oh, I'm just doing yoga. <laughs> Don't mind me. Now we're going to transition to a torso roll. And so all this means is that you're just going to move your torso left and right and start to make a circle. So you can just start to make a little bit of a U, leaning forward and around. And then once you start to feel comfortable, start doing a full movement of just imagining your torso making a circle. Kind of like you're doing like a cool hula hoop dance in front of your chair. (laughs) And if you're going one direction, go the other way and just notice, or keep going the way you were, whatever feels most comfortable. Remembering to continue to breathe and just honor what feels best for your body. Then we're going to come back to center and we're going to do a side stretch. So either putting your left or right arm up or whatever feels comfortable, you're going to extend it and then you're just going to lean to the opposite side. And this is another one where it's important to experiment. What happens if I look up? What happens if I look down? You can have your palm face the ground. You can have your palm face out like you're waving. You can have your palm face the ceiling. You can have arm bent. You can have arm straight. Whatever feels most comfortable for your body. I'm going off camera. I yeah, don't it's even bent. have an <laughs> Just getting real into that stretch. Uh (laughs) And then whenever you want, if you want to, switch sides and just notice what this side needs. I'm noticing that this side really likes my palm out, facing like I'm waving at you guys. That feels better for my body. Some of these poses, it gets really easy to, or these postures, it gets easy to hold your breath. So if you notice that, if you haven't taken a breath for a while, take an inhale. And take an exhale. Then coming back to the center, we're going to do a seated twist. And so you're just gonna twist in your chair, whichever way left or right that you wanna go first, I'm gonna go right. So I'm gonna turn to my right and I'm gonna put my left hand on my right knee and I'm also gonna put my right hand on the back of my chair to get a deeper twist. This is another one, be mindful of your breath, making sure you're taking inhales and exhales. You can also experiment with where you look. You can look over your shoulder, you can look down, you can look up. Then go ahead and switch sides if you'd like or stay in that posture if you need a little bit more time. I want you to just notice how this side feels and just see what your body's wanting right now. And then we're gonna come back to the center and we're gonna do what's called a chair flex. And so there's a couple ways of doing this. You can extend your leg straight off the ground or you can just straighten your leg and leave your heel on the ground. And then you're gonna, whichever way you do that, you're gonna pull your toes towards your face to get a nice stretch in the back of your leg. And then you can also point your toes away from your face, or you can do some circles with your ankles. I always notice lots of cracks in my ankles when I do this. So pay attention to what your body's needing and wanting. I'm starting with my right foot, but you can start with whatever foot feels best for you. If you're making circles, make sure you go both ways if your body needs that. If it doesn't, pass it and just keep going one way. And then bringing that foot in. And if you want, you can do the same thing on the other side. You can lift the foot if you left your heel down the first time. You can just notice how this feels. remembering to take breaths. Don't hold your breath while you're doing this. Sometimes we just I forget think to breathe. <laughs> I know, me too. You like think about your circles and not your breath. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead and switch directions if you were making circles. And then go ahead and bring that leg back in. And then the next thing we're gonna do is a little hip stretch. And so I'm gonna interlace my fingers and then I'm going to put them on my knee and pull my knee into my chest. And I can do this by sitting up straight and opening my shoulders. Or you can even like scooch in, like make yourself small and arch your back to get an upper back stretch. So just experiment with what feels best. And then go ahead and replace that foot if you brought it off the ground. And if you want, go to your opposite side. go ahead and replace your foot to the ground. Next, we're going to do a forward bend. So you can um, keep your knees touching and you can just lean over your thighs and create like a nice little table for your body and let your head drop down. Or you can create space if you need a deeper stretch and allow your body to fall forward even more and letting your head hang. I always panic and think, is my butt crack hanging out? So check (laughs) that now (laughs) and just be aware of that. And then just lean forward and notice how that feels. This is one where it's really easy to forget to breathe and your breathing may feel different here. So just notice that and make sure you're still inhaling and exhaling at a pace that feels comfortable for you. Letting your head release and letting your body just melt into itself. Now we're gonna transition to a revolved chair. So you're gonna stay where you're at and you're gonna put one hand on the ground or up on your thigh, whatever you want. And then we're going to raise the opposite. So I'm putting my left hand on the ground and I'm lifting my right hand up to the sky and opening it. Make sure you're breathing. And again, you can experiment what happens if I look down at my hand on the ground or what happens if I look up at the hand that's raised to the sky. You can roll your wrists and see how that feels. You can bend your palm up so it's flatter with the ceiling. Just notice what that feels like. And then we're going to transition to the other side if you'd like. So go ahead and put the hand that was in the sky down. And then the hand that was on the ground, you're going to raise. And just again, remember to breathe. Experimenting with what happens if I look up, what happens if I look down. And then we're going to transition to our last posture, which is how we started with our uh, With an upward hands bend. So you're going to interlace your fingers again. And then you're going to straighten your arms to the sky or with a bend, whatever feels comfortable. And you're going to raise them over your head and you can place your, you can face palms towards the ceiling or palms towards the head. You can keep them together. You can interlace. Just notice how your body feels different now. And then go ahead and bring your harmonies back to your thighs and give yourself some acknowledgement for the work you just did. Oh, good. Thanks. <laughs> good job. How do you all feel? What was that like? I feel like I haven't stretched in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like Rice Krispie cereal.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like when we had our palm on the ground and our other one in the air, I was like, oh, this kind of hurts. I feel like I haven't yes. done this in a while. I like that you could, for that one, like, put your hand on your thigh instead. So there are modifications
1: for all of them that you can do if that one doesn't feel right
0: that day. Yeah. Yeah. And you, like, I always tell people when I teach this to them, I'm like, you can do this as long as you want. Or you can make it short. Like, you could move faster through some of these if you are short on time. Or you could pick four that you really like from this flow and do those, like, in between meetings or after a stressful experience. Like it doesn't, I think sometimes we as humans, we're really rigid. Like we like to file things orderly. And so when something doesn't fit into an orderly file, we're like, well, that doesn't work. If I can't do all of these postures, I'm not going to do it at all. I'm like, no, just pick three, like pick two, pick one, you know, just like pick what works for your day. And I think that's pretty empowering too, that you get to do what works for you versus what someone's telling you to do.
1: I love that. I I think that that, makes such a nice distinction between movement what you're talking about is movement versus like what we all think of as exercise <laughs> because you're exercising your body doing this but when we think about exercise and go oh i going to go for a run or I gotta put in my 30 minutes or gonna go to the gym all of that stuff that becomes like a blocked out thing these are things that you can do wherever you are um, yes. and that still fulfill that movement requirement um, that our bodies need and that mm-hmm. that felt so good and i loved that even when we were switching sides there's kind of this expectation right that if you do a stretch on one side you do the stretch on the other side and i was noticing your language in there where you said if you want to mm-hmm. switch sides but if that, if that side feels really good yes not <laughs> Side, you know I thought that was so great that's just so again it's a way that you know as as the person going through it it is adaptable it's customized to what I need that day because some days I might need that stretch for longer and some days that might not feel good so I do something else
0: yes yes yeah I feel like a lot of times people feel like a barrier to therapy is like it doesn't fit into their schedule right or like self-care doesn't fit Right. And like, I don't have time to do that or it takes too long or it's expensive or it's like bougie as Drake students would say. And I think (laughs) like self-care doesn't have to be any of those things. It can be short. It can be mindful. It can be free. And these are just things that like everyone can move their body at some capacity, whatever your ability is and your comfort level, like just find what works for you. So it's yeah, yeah, it's really fun. Like it's a different and I think I need it like as a clinician. I am pretty I'm a busy person like and I think I find that I'm more grounded in sessions when I start with mindfulness with my clients or when we do this yoga I think I'm a better therapist especially when I'm back to back or like at private practice or at Drake I deal with a lot of crises on campus and so there may be one moment where I'm like happy-go-lucky sending an email and then someone walks to the counseling center and they're crying and public safety has called because the student you know someone called about that student and So then Ah. my adrenaline goes up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like crisis response and we deal with it, but then my cortisol and adrenaline is still high. And so doing this for myself has also been really helpful. I think I just show up better for everyone, myself included, when I'm being mindful about these movements throughout the day and breathing.
1: I love that. I love that. And I love the reminders
0: to breathe because I needed them. (laughs) Same. It's like, oh yeah, I have a good it Yeah. (laughs) yes yes when we do it like like a slower flow like I'm every posture like saying like remember to breathe remember because we forget like I remember one time when I was doing full like the forward bend I was like why do I kind of feel sick oh you're not breathing (laughs) like that's why you feel sick
1: (laughs) oh my gosh I love it because you know I mean that's what mindfulness is so about that is about the things that we don't think about on a daily basis, right? Like a lot of us, we we don't think about breathing, right? I didn't think about breathing at all today until uh we were doing this interview. And so, um, you know, those are things that are so important to us. Like air is the most important thing. We need that. We don't think about it all the time. We don't think about our breathing. So mindfulness just brings our attention to those things that are so important to everything else that we do in our day.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely.
1: Wow. Well, that was really cool. Thank you so much for walking us through that. Awesome. So now, and so you are trained for EMDR. So can you briefly tell anybody who is listening who's like, what is that? Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about what that is and then also how you use um, the movement strategies that, that you walked us through today, how you kind of use that in EMDR yeah. as well?
0: So I feel like I'm going to preface this with some of the other therapists at the counseling center and I were talking about how there needs to be just like a quick minute to win it video on EMDR because it's a really complex thing that involves neuroscience and but it's pretty simplified in how you do it. And so I think that's even hard. But what EMDR is, is a lot of times our we can think one thing about something, but feel a different way about something or we can have an experience, a stressful experience, a traumatic experience. And although it's past Our body and our mind may not quite recognize like that's that threat is no longer there that we are now safe. And so what EMDR does is through there's a couple of phases like the first phase is what we call resourcing. And we're helping people learn how to regulate their emotions, feel safe, feel secure. And we do that through breathing. We do that through visualization of like a secure place or a safe place or a container to put things. And there's lots of other things we can do. To help your mind and body be on the same page about how you're feeling. And once folks have good skill sets with that, we move to what's called the reprocessing. And so we identify a barrier, a trauma, a thought, something you're stuck on. And we think about what the core belief is around that and how you see yourself as a result of that experience. And we try to target that. And what we, what we know from neuroscience is that when your body experiences bilateral communication, left and right side of the brain, start thinking and talking together instead of separate. So what that looks like is like, sometimes people will do eye movement. And so the therapist will hold their fingers or a pen or something, and they'll go from like shoulder to shoulder of the client with being eye level with them. So the therapist is moving their hand back and forth kind of like a windshield wiper, but flat and the client watches that. And when every time that hand passes the client's nose and their eyes are following it, their brain starts communicating better with itself and it's, and that person's body. The one I use, which I feel like is works the easiest is Buzzies is what they're called and they're these little they look like tiny mine look like little boxes but the person holds them in both hands and one in each hand and they vibrate back and forth kind of like a cell phone. And so they just go buzz, 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 buzz back and forth. And it's a gentle buzzing and that movement just gets the brain talking more. And so we, What's really cool is what happens is folks may have like a traumatic memory and this doesn't take the memory from them, but it takes the emotional experience from it. And the person no longer feels identified from that fight. And I think sometimes, like we said earlier, our brain can be on one page. Like our thinking part of our brain can understand something, but if our feeling side of our brain doesn't get it or our body, like the thinking part of our brain is actually pretty small in comparison to our feeling and our like entire body. So I always think it's like a tiny little green army man, like telling you what to do. And then like big giants are like, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) And so EMDR gets them all on the same page. And it's really cool. Like we can do it with traumas, but sometimes I just do it when people have anxiety or when people are really struggling with like how they see themselves and maybe they don't have a significant trauma that created that belief about themselves, but they definitely have experienced something that's blocked. And so it works really well with that. And one thing I do with the movement is oftentimes EMDR can be tough because that person has to feel like bad feelings so that we can process them, right? There's this old saying, we have to feel to deal or feel to heal. And that can be hard. So we teach folks how to feel comfortable in their body and how to move their body afterwards and care for themselves. So after a tough emotional EMDR session, they have some resources. They don't have to feel yucky throughout the entire week until they come back.
1: Mm. Yeah, I love that. That's such a... Great point about you know the processing of the NDR because they when you go through it you do a lot of that stuff first to prepare for it because and what to me what it is is it's an acknowledgement that there are uncomfortable feelings um, that we're going to have to process and think about and talk about um, as we go and so being able to have those skills up front as part of the process um, and kind of gives you a comfortability uh, with being able to go there, knowing that, yeah, I can I know what to do with that, and I know how to get myself back into the present moment when I need to.
0: Yes. yes. I think EMDR is so cool, too, because I did it with a client not that long ago, and she wasn't having a lot of thoughts. So EMDR feels different a lot of times versus talk therapy because you're doing it, and then the therapist will pause the buzzing or the eye movements and will say, would you notice? And then the client will tell. And there's not a lot of back and forth because we want the client to keep going, And so this client wasn't having a lot of thoughts, but like was feeling a lot in their body and then was like starting to cry and then was like breathing hard and like their face turned red in their neck. And at one point when we paused, they were like, am I doing this right? And I kind of smiled and like, go, I said, I think something's happening. Yes. (laughs) I think something is coming through. And then at the end when we processed, they had talked about like, I thought about this and I just didn't realize how heavy that experience had been and I just felt like my body was pouring all of the heaviness of that that ex- one experience that I didn't think was that big of a deal did I do it right and I was like I think you definitely did like there's not a right or wrong but definitely something was released and cleared out and it's just so cool to see that like I think we were both um, a little shocked by that response but it was exactly what was wanted and what was needed I love that.
1: I was yeah, I was gonna ask you, is there a way to do it, wrong? <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> it doesn't sound like there is because we know our body knows and our our minds know what it is that's in there that that needs to come out and how it needs to come out um, for us to you know to heal from it and be able to to understand it better for ourselves. So um Yeah, I love that. I think that is such a barrier sometimes to all kinds of Therapy, right is am I doing this right am I taking too long am I talking too much am I not talking enough in session yes. am I supposed to have cognitive thoughts right now because all I feel is feelings right? Yes. Things, like, things like that and I think that um, it's such a great reminder and a great point that uh EMDR or any kind of therapy that there isn't a wrong way mm-hmm. to do it um and I think that was so communicated so well just in the way that you did your um your movements right and directed kind of in those movements because directed is probably even the wrong word uh because it was you know you go ahead and try this if you want to if that feels good do that but there are all these different ways to do it so even not doing a movement isn't doing it wrong yes, <laughs> it's yeah. doing it right if you're not doing it because that doesn't feel good on your body yes, um yeah. so yeah i love that, that there's there's no way to do it wrong. But but that is a real thing. Like people get worried about
0: that. I know. I feel like I, especially with like when I work with folks, whether at Drake or in private practice, they're so cute because they'll say like, is this okay? Or am I doing therapy right? And I'm like, yeah, there's not a wrong way to do this. Or there's not... And I think we as humans are just so conditioned and encouraged to do things the right way versus make choices for ourselves. And I think that's part of therapy helps us unpack that. Like I get to do what's best for me, not necessarily what my spouse or my partner or my family or my employer thinks like I need to figure out what's best for me. And so it can be empowering of like, I always tell my friends, like you're the boss in here. Like you are the boss in here. I'm just a guide or a consultant. Like you're the one in charge in here. And I, a lot of us, I don't think we always have that autonomy outside, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. It's the one place that, you know, we, we get to control what happens and, uh, and we get to make those choices for ourselves. And I, I think that's great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for being here. So I do have one more question for you. Yeah. So if you could give one suggestion to somebody on the fence about starting counseling, what suggestion might you give them?
0: Go one time, go one time, read a profile or talk with a friend and get some names. And explore that person in your community and go one time and just see. A lot of times folks think that therapy is this like a lot of hokum and like smoke show and magical tricks. And there's some technique, right? But it's really a conversation with someone who's meant to be objective and supportive for you. So go at least one time and just see what it's like. Because that first time is the scariest. And I think after that, a lot of folks feel like, "Ooh, I actually kind of liked this and this feels good. Just go once and see. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Because, you know, it can it can feel like pressure to be like, oh, man, if I start therapy, I'm going to have to be in there every single week for the rest yes. of my life. And so if, if we can take that off of there and just go, no, like, I'm going to go once, right? Yes. Um, I'm going to commit to that to myself for myself. And I'm going to go once um, feels a whole lot less scary than I'm going to go every week for the rest of my life. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: Love that, Danielle. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for walking us through uh, those movement activities. That felt really, really good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Danielle Green, and I need a counselor. Awesome. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Thank
0: you. So do we. (laughs) So does everyone, to be honest. Awesome.
1: Well, thank you so much, Danielle, for being here. It's always great to see you. It's always great to talk to you. And I'm just so excited for um, all of the exciting things that you're doing in your life and in your career and all of the different uh, counseling ways that you are helping the clients that are coming to you uh, over there at Moonstone Counseling in Des Moines. much
0: for being here
1: thanks awesome all right so if you are in des moines uh call Moonstone counseling so that you can go see danielle uh, if you are in any of the heart and solutions locations give us a call at 800-531-4236 mason city ames davenport uh, marion cedar rapids grundy center
0: and waterloo And like Julie mentioned at the beginning, we post every Sunday night at 5 p.m. Central. So save up your laundry or whatever chore you hate doing. Listen to us while you do that. And we can help prepare you to call a counselor that week to get set up with therapy as well. Absolutely. If you've
1: got questions about counseling in general, or if you've got questions for Danielle, um, feel free to send us a message on Facebook Messenger at You Need a Counselor Podcast, or you can send us a DM on Instagram at You Need a Counselor. I'm Krista Brown and Julie Johnson and we need a counselor and so do you. Bye. Bye. Bye.